Ellie, run, she said immediately. I tried to run. I tried to move, but I was frozen to the ground. I don't want to kill you, the man with the gun said quietly to my mom. I barely recognized the Scottish brogue in his dark, low voice. You know I only came for the girl. Ellie, please, mom said facing him. You have to. There was a bang, so loud, I pressed my eyes closed. When I opened them, I screamed, Mom! I knelt down beside my mother, her blue eyes open and empty, blood dripping from the center of the white t-shirt she'd worn that day. Stand up, girl, the voice said. I looked up at him as I took in his sallow face, his impassive expression, rage, as I had never felt before, began to fill me. He pointed the gun straight at me, and I felt my shoulders, my arms, my legs, every limb in my body begin to tense. Suddenly, I felt a pain like fire shooting through my limbs, my hands, my arms, every single appendage. Just as the man in black pulled the trigger, just as a deafening bang was heard once again, I felt myself leave the ground. I was not myself. I was not Eleanor Drake from Baltimore. I felt new, large, powerful wings pound against me, and I knew I was a beast. What's more, I knew I was a beast who could take revenge. I let out a roar and barely heard the man in the black suit call out to his companions. Get the arrows, quick! But the men in gray were not quick enough. I soared over them as they rushed out of the alley and into the castle's main entrance. Gliding low, with another mighty roar, instinctively, I opened my mouth and let all my rage pour out on them. The flames caught the men in gray instantly. I watched as they spread from them to others. Tourists with cameras, children holding tight to their mother's hands. Their screaming voices were drowned out by my flames. The others screamed and rushed toward the entrance as one massive horde. I soared higher and surveyed the damage my vengeance had wrought. I saw the once great castle bursting into quickly flowing flame. Feeling something between satisfaction and disgust, I took my new, strong body and turned it northward towards the hills and valleys that pulled to me. It was not until I had left the city, not until the fire and fury were well behind me, that I landed amidst the white heather along a green hill. As soon as I did, I felt my body begin to retract. A sharp, painful scrunching pushed my skin and my bones fiercely back into place. When the transformation was complete, when I knew I was myself again, I collapsed in a heap onto the soft grass in front of me. My breathing was heavy, and my bones felt as though they had been run through a mill, crushed and rearranged and put back together. Tears mingled with the sweat of my brow, but I knew I had no time to cry. I had no time to grieve. That man, the one in the black suit, was still after me. Somehow, I knew that. And what's more, after what I had done, after all the chaos and destruction, he was certainly no longer the only one who would seek me out. Pushing myself up, ignoring the screaming in my limbs, I stood and surveyed my surroundings. At the bottom of the hill, there was a road. Something deep inside me told me to follow it. My mother had told me I would know where to go. With a deep swelling in my chest, I looked over to my wrist. The bracelet was still there, shining in the light of the afternoon sun. When I looked at it, 
I remembered my mother's face when she gave it to me. She looked so desperate. I remembered her hand in mine, her warm, motherly touch against my skin. I would never feel that again. She was gone. Tears clouded my eyes. I pushed them aside as best I could and made my way, limping, to the road below.